What's going on? It's CJ Dayslayer from the Upgrade America podcast, the greatest show on earth. This content is for our audio listeners, exclusively for you guys. Um, the first clip I'm going to play really quickly is about the first black-owned car manufacturer. So, here goes. Frederick D. Patterson was the first African-American to own and operate a car manufacturing business. Not new for Mr. Patterson was being a noteworthy first. While a student at Ohio State University, he became the first African-American to play on the school's football team. After college, he returned to Greenfield, Ohio in the late 1800s and joined his father in the family-owned horse-drawn carriage business, which later became C.R. Patterson & Sons. When his father died in 1910, Mr. Patterson took over the business. An astute entrepreneur, he recognized that the new horseless carriages presented his company with a golden chance to expand. Seizing this opportunity, he converted his company in the early 1900s from producing horse-drawn carriages to manufacturing automobiles and made 150 cars. In 1915, he became known for his Greenfield Patterson automobile that he produced in two styles, each costing about $850. Those two styles competed with the popular Model T being manufactured by Henry Ford. Mr. Patterson's business became so profitable that he made an even larger expansion and shifted to making buses and trucks. With his eye on the future, he created a steady customer base by building strong relationships with numerous school districts. So that was the first unknown or little known fact in black history. Also, I got two others really quickly. Um, Warren H. Wheeler, the first African-American owned and operated air service in the United States, which was called Wheeler Airlines. He's a native from Durham, North Carolina. And he ran a successful business for over two decades. And last but not least, a little jewel, a gem to my heart, Eatonville, Florida, is the first all-black self-governing municipalities that was incorporated August 15th, 1887. So those are little known facts. I hope you guys enjoy that. And... Stay tuned for the show. I appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe. Peace. Yeah. Upgrade America. Yeah, I have nothing to fear but fear, I have nothing to hide from I do this for you and everybody that died young I rap for the have-nuns, even though I have some Upgrade America, play the game, it's mad fun Upgrade America, dare you to push the world in 2024 Host and executive producer of Upgrade America, the greatest show on earth I'm here with CJ the Day Slayer We are on episode 50. How you feeling over there, broski? I'm feeling pockish today. I see that. <laughs> your head up. Uh. You know. Yo, as I mentioned, we're on episode 50, and um, we've been pressing at this podcast 
for, for quite some time, almost a year. And we're very grateful and thankful for everyone who subscribed, liking, and, and just watching our show. And we promise you nothing less than the greatest show on earth. Or, you know, at least my interpretation of that. But yeah, you're really in for a treat. Um, I guess they say to evolve is to change and to change is or to perfect is to change consistently. That's from Frank Underwood, Frank, uh, Frank Underwood, House of Cards, one of my favorite presidents. But anyways, we're changing the format up a little bit and um, we're adding movie reviews into our little pop culture segment, rather movie previews. Because, you know, they're, they're movies that haven't came out yet. What are we re- reviewing this week, CJ? We're doing James Bond, 007. Uh, no time. Yes. Was it No Time to Die? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Really looking forward to seeing that. Very cool. Let's hit this. So it's looking like Morocco or Sicily or something like that. What do you think? Yeah. Looking like a Uzi or Mac 10. Got a bungee line going. That's for sure. Ooh. Looking like, uh, what was that? Mission Impossible where they came down? With yeah, kind of. Now, I, I heard a rumor that James Bond may be the villain in this one. There's a new 007. But like James Bond is getting ready to retire. And yeah. So the the female right there, the lovely young lady, she is gonna be the new double or is the new 007. Yeah. And um I guess Bond was presumed dead or something like that. Now he's back, but he's not 007 and he could be yeah. the villain of, of this film. But that's just speculation under you know, on the underground. Oh man, this I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty exciting. I've always been a big James Bond fan. He's my favorite Bond, though, to be honest. Craig Daniel? Yeah, I, I, I do think he, he plays the part very well. I liked his Bond because this when they really started incorporating like the hand to hand combat, they kind of made this Bond more like competing with Jason Bourne. You know how Bourne was doing yeah. all the top of God? Like, Craig Daniel really did that, but he also plays the part quite well. Yeah. James Bond. But, yeah, I guess I got a, uh, I'm an inspire, aspiring secret agent. It sounds like a fun career field to be a double O or, or CIA operative. But <laughs> I'll, I'll live vicariously through, uh, through Mr. Bond. The real Bond, it was just as dope, though. Now you're talking about the guy that they modeled him afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about the Soviet spy that uh, Ian Fleming modeled James Bond afterwards. Uh, look at the machine gun, machine gun headlight. Yeah. That's awesome. It does. It looks pretty dope, man. April 2020. I'm going to see it. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to see that. It looks pretty cool. Okay, we're back at it. But yeah, yeah, James Bond, man. That looks pretty cool. Not too sure um, 
how the franchise is going to continue after James Bond retires or the, the, the storyline, but who could say? Writers are getting more creative now. I don't know. I know, um, I know he didn't want to really play it anymore. He's getting tired I of that it. That's It's a very, actually, it's a very stressful role, particularly if you're doing your own stunts. Yeah. Does he? I think he does maybe most of them, not all. So, what's very the... impressive. Very sounds like fun. Yeah. So, what are we rolling into next, man? Um, I know. Um, well, I'm an NBA fan. I'll be honest, though, I haven't been watching much because uh, schedule has changed a little bit. That's why we're recording at night now, mm-hmm. like we used to. But um, I did catch the highlights of the world versus USA, and the USA pulled it out. So we're still dominant on the basketball front, but it was very entertaining. So also, um, Aaron Gordon, dunk specialist from Orlando Magic, you know, hometown team here. Uh, he got robbed again at the slam dunk contest. Haven't seen it, but I heard about it. What I'm you definitely mean he got it. robbed? I guess the judges didn't give him like a full 50. You got to get 50 to win. And I guess it came down to him and another kid. And uh, he got robbed again. He dunked over this guy that was like 7'6". His name is... uh, uh, He played for UCF, the local uh, university. He's on the Boston Celtics. So how tall is this guy? Huh? How tall is this guy to be dunking over? I think he... Aaron Aaron Gordon's probably like 6'6", maybe. Mm. Something like that, 6'7". But he grabbed the ball off this dude's neck. This guy is seven six and dunked it. So he grabbed it. Seven six? Was, yeah. As He's he was like hopping. Tall. Yeah, I think so. He's yeah. Giant. Like, Man, that's crazy. Well, he's he's skinny. He's real skinny, but still the fact that he was able to clear him pretty much. That's yeah. Pretty tall. Wow. I'm gonna see if I can grab that footage and slide it in on top of that. Yeah, yeah. We should be able to find that, no problem. But that's that's the quick sports update from CJ the Taste Slayer. <laughs> Yo, that's what's up. Um, for me, like I'm more into technology, and right now I'm listening to a really awesome, an awesome and, and, and terrifying book. Actually, it's called "The Future Is Faster Than You Think," and it's written by Peter H. Diamandis and Stephen Kotler. And these guys are pretty big in like Silicon Valley. I think they had their hands in a lot of, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar startups. But this is covering everything from from AI and how that's going to disrupt things to, uh, uh-huh. oh, man, just the things that they're predicting, like computer screens in our on our eyes with the contact lens. But then they're yeah. saying the next level is the computer screens are in your mind. Like, they want to take advantage of that third eye and everything along that nature. Like, there's already, um, they're predicting that in the next 12 years, life expectancy for, for humans, like, mainstream can can be 100 years plus, you know, with the uh, availability of 3D printed organs and um, other unprecedented uh, health accomplishments it's it's pretty wild but then they talk about a lot of technologies like as far as the cashier is going away 
and how Amazon's using that technology where you just walk in because Amazon does have brick and mortar stores, not much right now, but they feel and you can go in and then you just take what you want to put in your cart and you leave. You don't even stop. You don't even check out because it's all art FID tips. It's yeah. future is going to be crazy. And it's like, I get his enthusiasm because he's a billionaire. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, like, 3D printers are going to disrupt manufacturing and like everything like that. And it's like, yeah, that's exciting if, if, but at the same time, if these are, he just went down like every single job to include entertainment that can be disrupted and, and taken away. This guy mentioned how um, they can, you familiar with deep fakes? Say again? With a deep fake. Yeah, was that a thing you showed me with Joe Rogan? Like the robot sounded just yeah, like him? Yeah, did one with uh, Barack Obama. I'm going to slide that in as well. President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. Now, you see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address, but someone else would. Someone like Jordan Peele. This is a dangerous time. Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the internet. And it was pretty much just trying to show how dangerous these things are, that they could have a politician, you know, say whatever. They're talking about the positive side of it is dead actors who are no longer around. They can bring them back and Uh make new movies with new original content with these deep fakes. And they're talking, he, he listed everyone from Tupac Shakur to Marilyn Monroe to all these people that they can bring back and make new content using AI and all that. Like the future is nuts. Like I used to think that entertainment was one of the things that was the last things that would be like that technology could touch until I heard that artificial intelligence wrote a sci-fi novel. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it's a um, very fascinating book. Once again, it's called The Future is Faster Than You Think. I'm listening to it on Audible. Um, and it's just, it's in, it's, it's mind blown. And so, let me ask this question. So I don't sound too crazy when I okay. always, like, I don't sound as crazy as you look at me laughing most of the time about technology now that you're reading this book. It's, it's crazier than anything you could ever imagine. Like, I, I, I want you to check it out, man. Some of the technology, a lot of the technology in there is things I want to incorporate for Skyward. And that's pretty much uh, my moon mission for the presidency, how we would use technology to end homelessness, hunger, and, you know, and reduce plastic pollution in America. Like, that's something I want to accomplish. But they mention a lot of these technologies in this book. And that's what I found fascinating. But I could do an entire episode on that. We'll save that for another time. But um, as it is still Black History Month, um, I would would like to take some time to go over a high level. We're not going into the weeds. We're not going uh, granular, but a high level Black agenda of what my administration would like to accomplish upon taking office. And... um, Without further ado, let's just dive into it, man. Alright. So, Chris, this is not, you know, typically we do the whole interview thing, but, you know, as we got our bullet points, it's going to be more of a presentation, and then, 
you know, by all means, just stop me and um, ask your questions as we go along. You already know okay. how I, I interrupt all the time and ask questions. So we're going to bounce it back and forth. So okay, let's jump into this episode 50 notes. So I, su- I suppose we should shout out an application as well. Maybe oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're using Evernote. And yeah. this is, unfortunately, Chris is an Android user. I'm, I'm feel sorry for him but um it, it it's it's a encumbrance that i have in order for me to share notes because with apple with iphones you can just share notes and then just add users it's proprietary software but we're using evernote and it's allowing us to talk back and forth and to share notes you know for the podcast just wanted to shout them out yeah. because i think it's really cool and it's helping our communication yeah, definitely. Yeah. We consolidated, definitely. No doubt. So without further ado, the Rob Administration's Black Agenda. And a little okay. disclaimer, not 100% signed on to CJ's objectives. May have uh, may, may clash a little bit, but I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll reach some consensus. But for yeah. agenda number one, and I suppose I should throw a preamble out there. Like a lot of politicians were they're saying what they what they can do and what they're gonna do, but presidential power is extremely limited. So my agenda is focused on what I think or what I'm confident I, I could accomplish in office. So first and foremost would be to form a reparations committee to investigate the cost and the implementation of reparations from slavery. And their job would also be to package it to sell it to the to the Congress and the Senate, and, and ultimately the American people. But for me to go in like, yeah, I'm gonna get everybody reparations, and uh, it's more difficult than you think. And I think the most um, constructive thing that I could do is to use as a the executive power to executive order to form an agency exclusively for for doing that so what do you think about that cj like i disagreed when i when you first said it and Mm -hmm. we kind of went back and forth and then i looked up um i'm gonna go off the dome on this one but i looked up how the nazis germany did with the holocaust survivors and descendants with their form of reparations okay and basically they formed a committee um and i was like okay so cam is on to something all right so then once i read through that but basically what they did they formed a committee they did negotiations kind of in a neutral area okay i think that helped with the negotiations then like now was america involved in um in those negotiations there's so many reparations cases, but I was yeah. just focusing on the German to the, uh, I guess, Israel. Um, and I have to show the link. Um, matter of fact, let me look it up real quick. We got okay. a little time. So I want to be a little more exact. But to say, like, the biggest thing that annoys me about America, they act like this didn't happen on American soil. And they want to forget it, but they don't want to atone for what they did and how people still benefit from it. And, you know, that's how how things get sticky. And, you know, that's how you get ants. Like, you got to 
just address it, clean this little stain up, and then you know, I think it will. It, the nation will heal. Yeah, we can move on, man. Let's see. Uh... But I totally agree with you on that. That or at least to get some closure. But the, the committee, I think that would be a great first step because it's like, okay, at least you have something formed. You can get the data because right now you, you have to do a lot of uh, research and analysis to really put together a package, you know, and I think forming a, a committee would be a great first step for, for doing that. And I, 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 I say with confidence that I do believe it's, it's feasible. I'm not saying it's like snap your fingers and you, you have yourself an agency, but that is well within a, a president's power to do that. So some of the things they did, I'm going to scroll through and like do it real quick. Just hit okay. some key points. Don't want to dwell on this one too long. Um, it was really good. So Israel, ah, crap. Israel and uh, Germany came together. They, they also, ah, go back. So then this was uh, a bit after World War II, because when was Israel founded? 1947? I think so. Actually, that's the year the Air Force was founded. So that's fine. I that's fast. I, I, I could be wrong. I think it was something like that, because when this went down was 1952, 1953. And that's what I was thinking. I recall hearing that the settlements came in uh, the 50s. Yeah. So... National freedoms. <sighs> Let's see. They established like a trust kind of thing mm -hmm. for the Jewish um, citizens that were involved in, I guess, their descendants. I'm sorry. And they paid through that. Hmm. Let's see. They paid also, and this is an interesting thing, since Israel was young. They used the money to buy equipment, raw materials to build up his industry, railways, and electric grid, mining equipment, irrigation, and fuel. Well, so also on, the money wasn't paid directly to the Jewish people, or was it? It was paid to the state of Israel. It was kind of like both, and they distributed it. It looks like. Mm. So I mean, uh, again, I'm just throwing a hypothetical question out. Okay, okay. go ahead. Do you think? African-Americans would accept or the majority of African-Americans would accept the creation of a black state as reparations. Nah. And land in that state. Yes and no. I could see it. Mm -hmm. But nah, I don't think so. That's not a deal I would broker for, but I only mentioned that because you, you said that uh, some of this money went towards building up the infrastructure of Israel. Yeah, I think in our case, you would have to build up where we live, like the areas we live at, use that for incentivizing, like building the infrastructure and all that agriculture and mm -hmm. all that. But um, basically, long story short, they came up with a committee, they came up with a trust for all the people affected by... Uh, the Holocaust mm -hmm. paid this out is distributed and then they also contributed to building up their economy or whatever but that's a little different because it was a country compared to us it's like a group of us and we're the descendants so it's a little different um 
But there is a basically what we're trying to say too is there is a blueprint to do this. It's not like it's impossible. And I agree. And we mentioned the ancestry.com before, but the agency that would be responsible for conducting DNA testing and tracing that lineage. And also, like you said, the appraising current financial um, status, like saying, okay, these people, they descend from slaves. Currently, X percent of them are living in poverty. Because of this, you know, there seems to be a correlation with the descendants from slaves and poverty. So it's like, get that data, present it, you know, present it cleanly to, to you know, to the houses and, and let's get some bills signed. And then we, we can take it. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, um, you know, the, the committee is, is, a, is really important to that. So okay. again, my, my second bullet going with that uh, executive power is just forming another agency. And when I'm researching a lot of the issues that are plaguing the, the black community, it's police brutality. When I'm conducting polls, I'm asking people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having conversations and every single time police brutality comes up. I don't want to whip a dead horse. We know what it is. We know it's an issue. And um, what I would do in my power is to create another agency and that would be called the Citizens Advocate Agency, and this is just a third party who would just, I want to start with volunteers just so we can, um, <laughs> we got to save money. You know, eventually it will grow to, to a, a full-blown agency where we have pay grades and staff salaries, what have you, but their primary objective would just be to ride around, ride along with law enforcement, and I want them to advise the people of their rights. I want them to, you know, to to film and record every stop, search, and, and seizure, you know. And I think with that, a third party interjected into the law enforcement community, I think that would mitigate, if not reduce, you know, uh, substantially these uh, police brutalities, killings, and, and, and law, unlawful shootings. But that's bullet number two. Do you got any uh, questions or remarks on that? Um. I like the concept. I think you should do a spot. I think you should do that in spots and not every day. Say again? Because what do you mean by in spots and not? I think it should be random and the officers that you ride with should know when it's coming. Hmm. And I also... I like what you're saying. The, the randomness is, is going to keep people on their toes. But at the same time, here's the thing. Okay. We are essentially, we are creating a task force to cast needles in a haystack. Gotcha. And um, like, our nation thrives and survives on law and order. So cops, they're, they're doing their job. Like, well, I hate them giving me parking tickets. Shame on me for parking where I shouldn't. But like, they're, they're doing their jobs. And it is not the majority of them that, that are, are effing up. It's, it's a few. And uh-huh. I get what you're saying. You know, what are those things called? Bepsies. Those base entered entry something. It, there's like random searches that we did on the gate. And it was yeah. random because, you know, we, we were trying to do random searches or something like that. But like, I think consistency. In this case, we need consistency. 
to uh to to catch these uh these needles in the haystack and also let them know that that is the precedent that um you know we you're gonna work with the third party again i i want to emphasize that the whole concept of the same person that is taking your freedom advising you of of legal counsel and everything i want to say it it almost seems like a conflict of interest I know, I know what you mean, but I can see cops and the police unions really pushing back. Like now, you're hampering my officers from doing their job because now they're thinking mm-hmm. of this party riding with them, and they're not able to effectively focus and be so, you know, self-aware and you know all that sit rep and all that good and, stuff. And I get, and I get that, and it's a shame that it's come to that, but I can't think of any other way because body cameras, like again, they can be covered up either by mistake or, or, or deliberately. And there yeah. are reports of this. And That's true. This is, this is the only conclusion that, that I've been able to muster. And here's the thing with executive orders and, and these agencies, they're, they're band-aids. Like they're not permanent. Like you slap sure. it on for four years. If it works, it, it works. The next president can, can keep it there or, or it can be disbanded. So, you know, for four years, let's give it a shot. Let's do a pilot. And, and see right. if you can uh, re- reduce this. And I think that's something <clears throat> to mention. I think it's a really big uh, problem for the black community. Gotcha. And bullet number three. While this doesn't necessarily pertain exclusively to, to African Americans, when you consider the disproportionate uh, amount of African Americans that are, are incarcerated, you know, to other minorities, um, pardoning all weed crimes i think that would be a, a would be very great for for the, the black community i mean um there's no reason people should be sitting down in, in jail for that and um i mean I, I suppose it goes without saying by default yeah i would legalize weed federally but um that's not just I'm not really putting that on the African-American agenda, but getting, how do you say, black families back together, you know, from not, for being in, in, in jail for frivolous crimes, like if we can uh, reduce that, then, then I would consider that a, a win for the black community as well. What, Any thoughts on that? Just, just real quick, what about yeah. other drugs? Hmm. So here's the thing. Um, and I do, let me let me go back and, and when I was mentioning that, uh, pardoning all weed crimes, this is for crimes not committed against minors. And now while we're on the topic of other drugs, I'm all for legalization to an extent. What we need to do is, the first step with that is, you need to get it into the, the university labs and, and also other labs so that they can study, analyze it, and, and try to make safer, cleaner drugs. So keep taking that in mind when you're talking about what is currently on the street like people selling crack people selling heroin things that those are destroying communities those are destroying people's lives so i'm not uh (laughs) i can't with good conscience pardon uh pardon people uh committing committing those who have committed those type of crimes while i am for legalizing strongly regulating and controlling you know, uh, the, these substances in the future to uh, to to pardon uh, prior offenders for that. I, I'm not too. It's not sitting easy with me because, again, 
it's one thing for for weed when you're selling it to consenting adults. Uh huh. It's not killing anyone. You know, weed is not killing anyone. So you could sell pounds and kilos to to millions of adults, and I, I really don't care. But when you're selling, uh, you know, kilos of heroin and, and stuff like that, and you're killing killing entire communities, you're you're disrupting families. You know, babies aren't getting fed because parents are like strung out on on the floor from shooting dope, like. That is unacceptable, and I don't want to say it's unforgivable, but it won't be pardoned by my administration. So let me throw this at you, because we've legalized alcohol. Mm-hmm. Cigarettes are legal. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, what's the difference? Pharmaceuticals are legal. Well, here's here's the thing. They, these three things do the same they, they thing. Don't want, they don't want me to become. They don't want me to become president because that is who I would rage my my campaign, my my warfare against is big tobacco. Who's killing uh-huh. well, far more people than they're, they're killing far more people than than guns are, you know? Yeah. Uh, big pharmaceutical who who claims that they're 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 healing people when the side effects of their drugs are death. Like, nah, man, I'm, I would go to war with these guys and I'd tell Big Tobacco straight up. Listen, you have X amount of time until you start selling weed. You can by all means sell pre-rolled. Uh, Weed, hemp, cigarettes, but there's uh, uh-huh. nicotine and rich uh, carcinogen. Uh, <laughs> it's that's how are we still permitting this in 2020? But I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Alcohol is no better. You know, it's it's killing people as well. Um, I, I suppose I, they are vices, so you can't just abolish them. Yeah. But, um, they would be heavily taxed with regressive taxes that would go towards healthcare. I was just, I was just only throwing that out because that's what the other side would argue. And then also, you look at it like, well, even with the hard drugs, mm-hmm. you granted marijuana doesn't destroy communities. It's still a legal substance, even though they are legalizing it. So. That's why I'm just saying it's in the same vein as everything else. I'm going to body counts, though. There are no, I I dare say there are no body counts from weed, from directly using weed. But if you snort a line of raw, you can die from a cerebral hemorrhage off the rip. You know, you shoot some, uh, you shoot too much uh, heroin, like it can, it can kill you. Not only, not only that, it is strongly addictive, like strongly, strongly addictive. And um, again, regulate it, control it, but uh-huh. like the whole purpose of regulating and controlling it is just so you can shrink and minimize the black market. I think the black market would be way more manageable once it's shrunk down to, uh, you know, to just a few people who are participating in that game. But as I mentioned, just to sum it up for that objective, yeah, pardon all weed crimes are not committed against minors. Okay, go for it. Okay, so. So this one is not like, I don't know, if this is more of a fun bullet point in in the objective, but I'll throw another preamble out there. Every year it seems the deficit gets higher, right? I mean, or the the amount of money we need to run the federal government because more people want more and more and more, 
Like I want free college, I want free healthcare, I want this and that and that and that. We need more money. So we can't just keep raising taxes on the incomes because that sucks. Like no one wants to work harder to pay more taxes. So we need to come up with alternate ways to raise taxation. And no better way than uh, the enter- getting into the entertainment business. But I propose that the federal government sponsors a mixtape of music, you know, um, from artists from across all 50 states, all types of genres. But of course, it's going to include it's going to include rap and, and, and hip hop and things of that nature. But entry for this would be um, how do you say it has to be clean, virtuous music that's uplifting the country. And how does this help the black community? Well, Right now, it seems uh, the black community, they elevate all types of vulgar, uh, you know, artists. And there are some that are doing, you know, their thing. But at the same time, um, I think encouraging kids to uh, participate in this type of contest, like, hey, write clean, patriotic music. You know, you can get scholarships. You can get royalties for life. You know, things of that nature. This would be a way to to better and, and encourage uh, positive music to 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 the youth. I don't know. What do you think? And it would also raise taxation for for our beloved nation. Okay, uh, I like the benefits of, I guess, enticing people to do it. But mm-hmm. I could see initially they'd be like, you know, like really. When you see when you see one kid from from nowhere, you know every now and then, yeah, you you see these uh, rappers signing million dollar deals. But if every single year, consistently, you know that someone from the hood is going to sign a million dollar deal just for making one virtuous song, I think it would encourage countless people to you know stop talking about killing each other and selling drugs and and everything else like that and, and start to use their musical talent more positively and at the same time as i mentioned royalties are for life you have sure. let's just say you have 50 songs you're selling it for 19 bucks the government gets their chunk the artist gets their chunk and it's going to come in perpetuity so i i think that's a pretty sweet deal it's not like you sell your soul for a million dollars and you got to produce X amount of albums because that's a hip hop game, man. Like these yeah. little rappers get signed and they're like, yo, yeah, I'm in the game. I got that bag. And it's like, yeah, you got that bag and you got to produce the album. And if the album flops, guess what? You're in debt. And then you got to pay off that debt by selling drugs or doing whatever the hell you're doing. And then you still got to do another album. This is you get in, you get out, you, you, you know, you make your money and you, you do it from doing something positive. And, and I think that type of encouragement for, uh, young black artists and it would be open to everyone but you know we, t- we tend to dominate entertainment but i think uh, yeah. that's that's something i would like to encourage i would throw one other thing out okay about all the genres of music they all have their filth i want that stereotype to die because if you listen to a lot of pop songs mm-hmm. they talk about drug use they talk about sex well what I, quite frankly i don't i don't listen to a lot of pop songs and the I, music I that i do to, hear the music yeah. that i hear from uh-huh. again living in and you know in african-american communities having african-american friends and, and just you know being around the hood it's like 
That's what I hear. And quite frankly, I don't want that to represent me. I don't want that to represent my people. And I'm very confident we can do much better than that. And yeah, everyone else is doing their filth and their dirt. They don't represent me. No, I got that. But I wanted to kill that notion that we're the only ones that promote, like make this kind of music. No, every genre does except. Yeah, no, every genre does. Yeah, but here's the thing. And again, I'm going with Black History Month, the whole nigga, nigga, nigga thing. Like that is subconsciously, that's doing a lot of damage to to our culture, to people. Like the whole embracement of overpriced European fashion and stuff like that. You're talking about black excellence. Like our people are clinging to Gucci, the Fendi and all that. We're not not representing our brand. So I don't care what the pop singers are doing. Like I'm talking about our people as a whole. Like we have a lot of room for improvement. But I don't... I agree with you, but it just depends on, I put it this way, the major labels, that's what they push more than Mm -hmm. the more conscious music that I listen to. But I do listen to the other music too, because I can differentiate and not everybody can. Like I, I can listen to some hood shit and go do my job and not even think about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go out there. It's still stuck in your mind though. Nah, but see, I balance it out. Nah, but I balance it out with podcast. I balance it out with reading. I work out, you know, stuff like that. So it, to me, I separate it. I already know what it is, but I can understand what you're saying with the youth. That's different. Adults, you should be able to have the conscious mind to separate. Well, again, I don't want to spend too much time on this. We can do an entire episode, and I would very much like to cover this on oh, music. Absolutely. Hold on, on music and mind control. And there's okay. very interesting case studies, even to how the tempo of music and, and how it affects you. But even like, uh, you know how you go to retail stores? Mm-hmm. There's actually been studies on what type of music to play that will, one, help the employees be more effective, but also ease the, the customer experience. But it's more powerful than you can imagine. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very powerful tool. But yeah, like I said, we can do a whole episode on that. But I do think like encouraging the youth to make more positive music, uh, you know, that is part of, that would be part of my black agenda. Gotcha. So, um, I think I have one more bullet before we get into CJ's madness. But wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now you have some reasonable ideas. But no, my last one, my last bullet is um, I'm going to make an executive order for federal protection for locks, aka dreadlocks, and ethnic hairstyles. I'm seeing far too many cases where African American people are not being permitted jobs, employment, schools, or what have you because of, of locks. So I'm gonna get biblical because here's the thing God bless America. Our nation proclaims to be a Christian nation. The Bible is the book that all presidents or most presidents have sworn in on. So let's take it there. There are countless biblical references of locks in the Bible. Samson had seven locks. Uh, Ezekiel had uh, locks as well. John the Baptist, who's one who, who baptized Jesus, he had locks as well. And now let's get real controversial. Where they say Jesus is a Nazarite, where he owned no worldly possessions, not even a comb. So they, they describe him as his hair was long as wool. 
his hair was long and like wool. So I can only perceive if you never washed, well, if you never combed your hair, it would lock up. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take this a little bit further. I, I dare to say that if it were you familiar with the Hasidic Jews? Yeah, the they wear locks the, on the side. Yeah, those are considered, those are considered locks. So okay. I dare to say that they would never, ever, 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 ever discriminate against discriminate against them for fear of anti-semitism they wouldn't no employer no no education board they that would never happen and our people deserve not even just not even just our people not all people they they deserve that protection and uh, that's something that as i rock locks myself like that is something that i i believe needs strong protection from the federal government no locks here, so <laughs> my lovely hair is gone. <laughs> well, so. I don't but know. I'm, I think that's what that's why I got out of the military, man, because it just kept had to keep shaving it off, and it just felt wrong. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. But that's that's um, my high level black agenda. Let's. Um, do, do you got any questions or, or any remarks on, on the last one? Because I, I know in current events. I know um, Ellen, I believe it was Ellen, she was going to get a uh, $20,000 scholarship for the gentleman who got denied to a school because uh, he refused to cut his hair. I salute you, bro. Like, do not, uh, don't confirm. They don't own you. Like, these corporations, they don't own you. These schools, they don't own you. They don't own your body. They don't own your mind. They don't own your soul. Like, don't conform to that. All these... uh, these people that are, you know, jumping through hoops for that, like, I know, acceptable. Um, but uh, there's another case, another recent case with with that as well, where a, a student uh-huh. was expelled or something like that. And how in 2020? This is ridiculous. I don't know. It's that's why we're talking about this stuff in Black History Month, sharing mm-hmm. the Black experience, like just wearing your hair natural causes so much drama at work like i've seen examples of it like it just causes so much in it why when you have say sikhs the guys that wear the turbans can you wear know, their hair or get me started and it's like all this acceptance for every other culture exactly and so but lock hair is causing such an issue and when it I mean, if you're good at your job, why should it matter? If it's neat, you know, presentable, why should it matter? That's my opinion. I I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, shout out to California, because I do believe they passed some legislation to protect that. Which but, is sad. But... Yeah. But I think it's um it needs to come down from a federal level. And like I said, executive orders are merely band-aids. The next president can, you know, they can nullify it. But, you know, my administration, that's something we would do. Like, listen, that's not happening anymore. Oh, you, you don't want to let schools in because you don't want to let students in because they have locks. <laughs> Bye-bye federal subsidies. Like, we're cutting that, that faucet off. And just- technically, they're not supposed to um, discriminate against you for any of that stuff anyway, really. So we need to hold them accountable for that. And Basically, that's what you would be doing. 
and that's 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 my black agenda in a nutshell i do support some of your items but not all of them but i will be uh, pushing back on them but yo without okay. further ado man the floor is yours bro um so the one i came up with black americans should be tax exempt citizens <laughs> that could be another form of reparations to where you don't have to say pay out all this money and say people don't agree with cash benefits and all this stuff well okay this is another avenue we can take or alternative to what extent though like i do believe in in the reparations plan that that was drawn up for my administration it was like Mm -hmm. 65k was the payout and that could be transferable to tax credits as well so Uh it's like I could see 65 up to 65k, but it can't just be like I'm tax free for life, baby. Like, nah, because you're you're because mm-hmm. I don't want to say we're we're a broke nation, but we have a deficit, man, and it's only getting more. So to make what do African Americans make up for? It's like what 13 percent off of what 300 million. Let's call it 30, 40, 40 million African-Americans that you're, you're talking about. That's, that's quite a big bit of a... Out of about taxation. 400 million Americans. It's a, Not too bad. I'm just I, saying. Like I said, I'm cool with... I'm cool with... Because remember, just giving 40... Just giving 65... K to 40 million people is already like 3 trillion or something like that. I mean, I, I get your concern. I would say we would figure that details out. That's just mm-hmm. an idea. Well, again, it's this is something that you and I are not going to, how do you say, work out over an hour-long podcast. But as I no. mentioned before, forming that committee so where people could actually sit down, this is their job. They're going to spend 40 hours a week having these discussions. Well, hopefully it's not like they're having too many of them, but that you nah, know, would, census and, and, and figure that out. But yeah, I do like the tax credits. I, I would okay. support you on that, but not perpetuity. Okay. Yeah, we would figure that part out, but that's one idea. So the next one is a federal law passed protection of life exclusively for black people. Now, what do you mean by that? Like, you know how, um, like, um, I don't want to compare that because that sounds pretty jacked up. But an example would be like how they protect wildlife. Okay. So say, I think the Florida panther here in in Florida is an endangered species. Mm -hmm. They have federal protections. Hey, if you hunt, kill, whatever, whatever, you go to jail, you get fined, all this stuff. Well, in this case... And it's mainly dealing with police brutality and other things like that. It kind of ties into your CAA, the agency thing. Yeah. If you are found to use excessive force, um, killed with not with no justification, whatever, like you're done. There's no more of this getting away scot free under police unions and all this legislation. Like that should be the standard because we're the only group that not saying other groups don't get uh brutalized Mm -hmm. we're the only group 
that gets brutalized and like disproportionately. Yeah, exactly. But um, so, I, I agree with that approach, but with the exception that it has to be, we have to take that type of attitude for everyone. To just say like um, that, you know, we're, we're we're our only concern is is for this for for African Americans. It's uh, we should take that approach uh, and, and try to our best to bring justice for everyone. Well, I think in essence, this is my thinking. By passing something like this, it would because now you know federally. Oh man, if I mess with African Americans. There are consequences behind that. So far, there's no consequences behind that. So mm-hmm. I think by doing that, you will create a system of equality and justice because you got to conform. You got to fix it now because, oh, I can't just do this to them anymore. So now it forces the environment of change. And you have to do something drastic, unfortunately, because America hasn't gotten a wake up call yet. So yeah. that's why I presented that. Well, I suppose that would too would go hand in hand with the CAA because you would need that substantial evidence to get these convictions. And yeah. it's like without that, it's just business as usual. It's just like, yeah, we have this new law in place, but if the evidence, you know, if they're coming with the same amount of evidence and you you can't cuz these guys really weren't getting convicted before, so it's not going to it may or may not change. You know, they would need more evidence like some hard caught red-handed you know and that could be provided by the the cc the caf yeah okay so the next one is a formal monument of apology to black americans from the u.s government in dc about slavery and that i totally agree with you on and if it is there i didn't see it because when i was in dc that's something i I did not recall seeing and I think that this is, yeah, this is something that we do need. And let's take it one step further. You, you're familiar with the World Trade Center? Uh-huh. The monument there? I haven't that seen one? it because I've seen it when it was under construction. I haven't seen it completed. Okay, well, if you're coming up for, um, you know, for the Upgrade America anniversary, you know, perhaps we'll, we'll stop by out there in New York. But, um, All right. I wanted to. I brought that up because it was not commissioned by an American uh, architect or designer. It was commissioned by someone foreign. That was the biggest terrorist attack on American soil. That contract should have went to an American. Period. Now with this monument for uh, for slavery, that must go to an African American artist. It must, without exception. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you. On, on the this. reason why I picked that is because now every DC is like a big tourist attraction. So mm-hmm. everybody that visits can see, hey, America apologized for this. Like it's permanent. Now, of course, yep. you're going to have vandals and people like that too. So, you know, it'll be protected. Like, you have some CCTV cameras and some, uh, yeah. some SARTs, some SART teams, yeah. you know, yeah. security response teams. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a deadly force is off the rise. Nah, I'm kidding. Nah, okay. Kidding. This <laughs> one nah, I totally same. agree with you on the, um, the monument would be a very great look. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, go ahead. Would you consider that progress? Like reparations, really, that's, is, that's gonna be a hurdle. That's gonna be a very uh, difficult objective. But, but to, to get that, would you consider that a bit of progress for at least for acknowledging this dirty stain? 
on our history? Yes and no. I do see what you're saying. It's like a step, but mm -hmm. dude, it's been, it's been 400 years plus. I'm kind of done with steps. Like, like I think that's a part of the package. Like reparations, do that while we're doing the reparations, research, implementation, all that. Go ahead and build that in the meantime while you're doing. We can multitask, do all this together. Like it shouldn't be do this then work on reparations, then work on like distributing everything. Like, mm -hmm. no, do this all at the same time. Well, what do you like, <laughs> what do you think the odds are with me, with another, uh, how do you say, administration? What do you think the odds are of making that happen? Hard to say because this administration we currently have has been mm -hmm. causing so much chaos. They got so much to clean up, unfortunately. I hate to sound mm -hmm. like but it's gonna take another two administrations to clean up stuff from this one term of four years. So, and that's on average anyway. Any president that comes in, it takes like another two terms to clean up, say the bad stuff or whatever, or reform things. So, um, I don't know, the talk and the movement is not going away. That's definitely something I can say. It's not going away anymore. Like, I think our community is tired of being ignored. So it's not going away. Um, I think that's a great idea and I would love to make yeah. that happen. Okay, so my next one is another radical idea. If you don't want to give out, say <laughs> all this stuff. It's very radical, but why not? So I said all black Americans get a percentage. I said five. I know it's high, but just a percentage of Wall Street's like uh, what dividends or income or whatever you call it, net worth, capital, whatever. Excuse me. So how do you um, how do you tie slavery to Wall Street? We were sold on Wall Street as mm. slaves. Okay, so that was an interesting point because I had a follow-up question was like, because I would like to trace the wealth, meaning uh, I do believe it was like $8 trillion was, was made on the backs of slaves. Yeah. Okay, and I would like, you know, wealth is like energy. It cannot be created or destroyed. It's only transferred. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious where that $8 trillion of wealth went. And if it ended up in Wall Street, you know, like, or is still in Wall Street today. I agree, we, we are entitled to a piece of that. But, um, yeah. Hmm, you raise it. Okay, so hearing you put it that way, that's interesting. How you would negotiate that? Because here's the thing. And I'm not even going to try to quote the Constitution. But it's like... Now, are you referring to Wall Street like the, the market? Yeah. So it's like government can just ah uh, MA and redistribute? Or would, well, it, be, I would it become from would that five percent be a form of taxation and then um that would go towards reparations or something? I don't know, it's just a, I feel like it's an alternate way another avenue to approach reparations mm -hmm. and that can be in per perpetuity because that ain't going nowhere wall street's not going anywhere mm. so that is i like the idea of it because it's it's billions upon billions that are coming through there if not trillions 
you know and um hmm. we can uh, we can establish that trust like they did with the jewish survivors and all that mm -hmm. and it'll be distributed like i guess like uh government assistance or whatever but instead of be reparations fund or whatever to the black americans now, i'm not married to the um five percent to the five percent oh. number but again you know we could crunch the numbers and, and, and yeah. see what could uh, reasonably be extracted from from wall street but at the same time we got to look at the legality of um if government can just target a sector and then take funds from it but, um and this kind of ties in the last one that kind of ties into the wall street concept mm -hmm. like we should get like basically the one promise that was supposed to be given to us after slavery is 40 acres and a mule so this part would be the 40 acres which would be investment of funds in agriculture media infrastructure and black communities neighborhoods schools and like hospitals and all this stuff clinics or whatever mm. so i think that should be a part of our agenda because all these things affect our daily life. It's not just police brutality, it's like our health care, having access to healthy food, you know what I'm saying? Having access to, we don't have our own media to report on things. Like we talked about the missing kids and missing women. Mm -hmm. If we have our own media, we can report from our perspective. So hold on, let's, the media essentially that's, a market problem you're in uh -huh. a capitalist country and, and the market dictates that like we can make our own media but where what could government do for as far as well they can they could provide funds to get all this started like grants whatever whatever investments like they do for other stuff subsidies like they do for everybody else so basically same concept and would that be reparations or just in general for uh, supporting the black community? Kind of both, because I want to package it. I'm sorry. You're not just going to mm -hmm. give me money and that's it. Because this, how our community has been attacked is systematic. Yes, it's indeed. been in every facet of life, health, environment, school, all that stuff it's every legally like all this stuff is how we are attacked it's not just oh police brutality we shooting kid that's it no you can be killed several different ways it doesn't have to be by a bullet mm. so that's what we're exploring when we bring out this black agenda and i really want to make that point clear to kind of open people's minds because they always think of police brutality no yeah, it's no. other things so that's why I brought that one up because that's what we're lacking in our community. Hmm. You bring a raise a very interesting point with that, and so, and I could totally see that being something beyond reparation. You know, um, these are basic things that we need to enhance quality of living. Yeah. Um, and right now, I'm not prepared to. Uh, to you know to answer on, on grants or or things uh, of that nature because i'm not too sure how those subsidy programs work oh no sweat i mean we're throwing out ideas and we're trying to create a black agenda what a high level black agenda would look like presented to 
presenting it to Congress and to the American people. So let me ask you this question since we've gone over this. Okay. How do you think the American people would take this in? The black agenda in general or? Yes, yes. If we presented this, say, in a town hall or like a 30-minute special, the black agenda. It depends what town you're in because there's like, there are a degree of people Uh that they think that racism doesn't exist. Uh And it's just like, and I get it because it's like, you may not experience it firsthand. Uh And so if you don't, you don't experience it you, you you may come to the conclusion that it's not real and yeah. um so for us to come out and list all these things and, and even you know we dropped our reparation podcast before and i think that's what attracted our first troll but yeah. um, <laughs> there are some who will be receptive and there's always going to be people who are against it and yeah. um, when it comes down to it, it's how we're going to fund it. And let's be real. You got people who, slavery happened, let's call it 400 years ago, right? Uh-huh. No, no, not even four, it was more than four. It was for a, a duration of 400 years. It ended like what, let's call it 1865. So that form of slavery and the chattel slavery. Let's categorize this. Yeah, chattel slavery and where we were basically cattle. So okay, yeah. but what I'm all I'm, I'm saying is like that happened centuries ago, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, we're going to have to raise people, hardworking people's taxes to pay uh-huh. for that, and they're not going to. Their taxes are going to go up. Quite possibly their taxes would go up, but they wouldn't be getting a dime of the benefits from it. It's not like taxes are going up for Medicare for all or whatever. It's like taxes are going up to pay a a certain group of people, you know, and I can see other groups of people feeling some type of way about that. Well, let me bring this up. You bring that up. I got one more thing. Okay, go ahead. We could sell it if we could do it through alternate taxation. Okay. And uh, I don't want to say like, yeah, we could just sell crack and and do it, but legalizing different substances and finding other ways to, uh, you know, levy taxation. We even mentioned prostitution and stuff before, but like finding, if we can raise taxes, get money coming in without hurting the, the hardworking people, then mm-hmm. I think can find ways to to finance and support alternate programs or use some of the funds i like what you said alter, alternative ways to do it instead of raising taxes but we all know where the budget goes too so we can redistribute where some of that money goes to help do, out do, do elaborate that, for for those of us who are naive where's the oh, budget well, how much we spend on defense, which you and I go about back and forth. <laughs> oh, back okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you mention that, so we can plug like, like, is it like what, sixty percent on defense? Go ahead. Is it sixty percent on defense? 
something like that. So you can cut that down a little bit to, to help out your American citizens. Let's, this is another thing people forget. They're Africa. never going to. Defense spending is only going to go up. They're not going to slow down the war machine. I know, but that's another way we can get a cut of that. If we if we send in our bodies to defend a country that don't mm-hmm. care about us, I can see why you can't fund the citizens who defend this country, which you and I have done. So wait, and we've done. Wait. Go ahead. You just uh, sparked an idea. So okay. <clears throat> right now, right? Uh-huh. To pay every 40 million African-Americans, 65K, that's just out of the question. It would be difficult. It would be to get it signed off. That would be pretty, pretty damn hard. What I do propose, because you raised a very great point about the military, why not start with our uh, our military, with our veterans? Why not give them their reparations first? We can give African-Americans 65K, like, thank you for your service. You went above and beyond. And, you know, um, just give them a taste. Mm-hmm. What do you think? <sighs> that is feasible. I'm very confident that's something we can do. Yes. Uh, I think that would be a good first step, a good faith for our community. Because they wouldn't uh, disagree with that. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't disagree with that. Okay. Um, that's not a bad idea, but piggybacking off of what you were talking about, we can get a portion of that war machine profit that we make. Mm. Just, just like the uh, Wall Street concept. So we marry the two. Why not? How can we not fund what we need to do off of those two? Because they're perpetual. Hmm. You raise a very interesting point, and I, I I like where you're going with it. It's just that I wouldn't want the war machine to want to raise more mon- more funds to compensate for the loss. Like, oh, I just lost X amount of billions. Mm-hmm. Then it's I don't know because it seems to have a mind of its own. Um. And the other thing you were going to say was like selling it to other like American people. Mm-hmm. What I was trying, what I was about to say was we're the only group that are not immigrants. People keep forgetting this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're not immigrants. Like we have been around in this country pretty much since it started. So like the formation of America. Right. Even a, a, but even to that, we didn't. The majority of us did not, or of our ancestors did not emigrate here or did not become, uh, we were <laughs> brought against their own free will. So yeah, no, I got that part, but the, the notion no, no, of... I'm just trying to emphasize that, like... Yeah, um, like the so notion of all the other groups that have immigrated here, you came here by choice. Mm-hmm. You weren't came, you can come here by force. That's a lot different, so... If you're from, say, India, just throwing out an example, you can go back home. Like, you got an option. <laughs> Not saying you need to go back home. I'm saying you got an option. If shit gets really bad here for Indians, East Indians here, they can go back to India. If shit gets really bad, which it already is for Black Americans, but if it got, like, to genocidal proportions, where are we going to go? This is home for us. 
this is what people fail to realize and not only to add to that where do we have a home abroad um i hate to say sierra leone but i do believe that was one of the states where they openly accepted uh free slaves but i hear it's not the best place in the world but, i'm just um, out there for people to think about like we don't have a home this is home so of course we got to make it work just, yeah yeah that's totally and that's why that's why i mentioned like we were brought here like this mm-hmm. is for the most part all we know right? until recently you know the whole ancestry.com we got to find out a lot about our heritage you know mm-hmm. but at the same time we don't have any <laughs> i don't have any roots in the lot i mean sure i'm descend from Mansa Musa, but I don't know any of the, you know, people from the dynasty still around. But, um, yeah, you raise a very interesting point. And, um, I think, I hate to say that, you know, obtaining recreations, it's going to be, the progress is going to be incremental. But first, just throwing that monument in your face yeah in your face you're going to remember and acknowledge that this occurred and then you know hey like why not give you know to to our our, our military veterans like you know african americans who, who serve and um i think that's feasible and then it's like okay you know we did that then perhaps like you said if we can skim off wall street skim off the war machine and uh, um you know find better ways to implement that into the communities and also to empower individuals and i just want to recap briefly on our our reparations episode that the money was supposed to go to how do you say in encouraging independence like i do believe yes. that's in education business grants and, and things of yeah. that nature because i am I'm not too big on giving just cash out because let's be real, more people buy things that they want than what they need. And I, that that money could be squandered and spent foolishly. But I don't know, but at the same time, it could wind up back. It could boost the economy, you could say. Well, and that's another factor. That's why I said, that's why I'm discussing a committee and a trust mm-hmm. and disbursement rather than one cash payment have it set up like a paycheck situation i think that would be better off and i agree with you for 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 another reason is just because you wouldn't have to pay it off all at once so it wouldn't be like ching and then we're just short three trillion dollars it would just go out periodically while money is, is coming back in from different faucets so yeah i like that idea it's pretty cool you brought up something else while you were naming everything. I was thinking about it. So you were saying incremental, basically it'd be, well, we would have it in tears when you present the black agenda. Mm-hmm. So we would label all this, what we just discussed. And then the rollout would be, hey, we're doing it in tears. First tier is monument in DC by a black architect, black construction, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Everybody's yeah, here. Yeah. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Particularly Boom, even having construction in there too. Exactly. Then you say, all right, our black veterans, past and present up to now, mm-hmm. going forward, boom, hit them with their reparations first. Boom. All right, that's done. 
then we start getting into the nitty gritty. Now, I do agree with that. And then we also have a timeline to show, hey, this is what we're going to do that keeps people accountable by having a timeline as well. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Now that you when you said it like that, it made a lot of sense. I think that's more digestible for the American people. No doubt. And I do want to shout out the uh, the Republicans and the Democrats. Um, by all means, feel free to steal from our agenda. Put these stuff into uh, into legislation. Pass it and make it happen. And and you know, upgrade America on my behalf. You know, the <laughs> unlikely the unlikely event any of you guys uh, win the election. But yeah, man, you got any more uh, closing arguments or not arguments? Closing remarks on the on the agenda? No, nah, I think uh, we're doing a thought exercise. I throw mm-hmm. this new term, um, brainstorming. We're just trying to come up with stuff we haven't heard the politicians really talk about. I agree. Um, and that's a cool thing about being independent or non-party affiliated like myself. Um, you can sit back and listen and use ideas from both sides that can help because the Republicans might have a great idea on this, but then the Democrats have a better way of implementing it. You know what I I'm think- saying? Like, So I like because I'm conservative about some things, I'm liberal about some things. So I am too, and that's why I, I'm very. Uh, I find it difficult to be polarized, and I suppose that's why the Upgrade America logo is purple. Because like when you mix red and blue, you get purple, and that's how I feel about some of my views. It's like okay, the conservative conservatives, they're about you know they want to keep guns, and I'm all for that. But, you know, then they're like anti-abortion and other things. And then the liberals, like they want to take guns. And then they're just pushing silly objectives and leaning more and more towards socialism, which I'm totally not for. I'm for mutualism. I'm not totally against socialism. I think it should be standard. I think it could be useful in some areas which we do use it for. And then I don't want total socialism. I agree with that concept. But I don't think we should stomp it out completely because that's the reason why. Oh, absolutely. Some of the some of the reasons why we're homeless, hungry, all this kind of stuff is because greed. Let's call it what it is. So capital can find a way to capitalize. Because here's the thing. Uh-huh. There are countless prisons across America and they mm-hmm. found a way to capitalize on prisons. And what are they doing? Feeding. And, and providing shelter, you know, for, for people to, to live against their wills and being held in captivity. But at the same time, if we found a way to profitize off of feeding and sheltering the homeless, like, let's make it into a business. So I, 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 I got to ask a question. It's a thumb okay. question. I got to ask it anyway. So it's like, if an entire city mm-hmm. committed a crime, a crime worthy of being jailed. Like, how do you how do you hold all those people? What would you do? Well, you put that town under martial law. That's happening. Um, probably the first thing you would have to do, you would have to close all the exits to that town, like major throughways or whatever. But then there'd still be freedom of movement for like everyone in the town. It's 
it's a conundrum really i i really don't know i i to some extent i agree with what you're saying it most likely be a tent city in like uh you know a stadium or something like that and, and secure you know round everybody up through there but you i'm only bringing that and that's the worst case scenario oh, I'm that's bringing that up to say that we would find a way to do that we would find a way to keep prisoners and detainees we would make mock, uh, you know, set up in internment centers, what have you. But we we would find a way to do that. But we we haven't found a way to, uh, you know, to shelter these uh, half a million homeless people. You know, um, I don't know. I just think uh, we, we need to find a way to upgrade America, but particularly with that issue. I know we deviated slightly from the black agenda, but that was just something. No, nah, sure. I mean, I'm good with it. Like, it, it's, it just flowed where it flowed. I'm good with that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, man, we're like an hour, 17 minutes in. You got anything else on your mind? Nah, man, I think we should cap it off here. I think it was a very interesting discussion. Yeah, um, it was. We know. It we, very well. Yeah, I think um, we know people won't agree. We know people like, oh, raise an eyebrow. We know people be like, oh, here they go again, black people always complaining, blah, blah, blah. We know we're going to get the gamut of responses. and but Oh, we just... I forgot. I have one more. Oh, go ahead. One more um, black agenda. And I'm not married to the name, but I want to I emphasize that we need more holidays. Mm, but, okay. Um, I have like a Kumbaya day. And I'm not married to the name, but just a day where everyone can like, yo, let's chill and like really analyze why we're angry and you know why i'm talking about people america as a whole because it's not just it's not just uh you know white people that are racist and mad there's uh it's everyone is is upset there's a lot of tension and i think yeah. it just take one day to diffuse that tension oh like, we, we could be uh Something kind of sounds like inclusive, but the purpose of it could be what you said. My placeholder is Kumbaya, but yeah, until we find a more suitable name. I don't know, like. But the purpose <laughs> of it would be like, like I said, just to diffuse tension, a unity day. I don't know. Yeah, like culture day, or like I don't know something to that. I like unity. I don't want to go with the with, with culture. I want to diffuse all cultures for one day. Okay. Like just. And I, I, I don't want to say Fourth of July is like bad. It's, it's more. That's more about the birth of the nation and our independence. I'm talking about like, yeah, yo, sure. maybe we'll call it All American Day. Like we're all American. Like let's all bond, come together, and then maybe they will sing Kumbaya. I don't know. Yeah. I agree <laughs> okay, with man. that. This is a. It was a really cool episode. I think we represented it pretty great. Um, I do want to encourage any of our listeners out there, if there's any objectives that you think we, we missed or, or that we should discuss, please let us know. We would be glad to talk about that on the next episode of Upgrade America. But yo, um, again, Chris, uh, hold on, I guess I should shout out, um, our affiliate marketing, get on Amazon. So if you see the beard is looking like all, all woofy. That's because I got this uh, beard comb 
thing and it's a hot beard comb for valentine's day from my dear girlfriend nayasha so it's okay. like you can get one of those on amazon using our affiliate marketing link and um we mentioned the stock market but you know there's always crypto and you can get your crypto on Robinhood using our affiliate marketing link below as well but yeah these are like ways that you can help yourself but also help us in our in our podcast you know by clicking on these affiliate marketing links but yo Chris you got any closing remarks nah just we just hope you listen and understand and try to just see from our point of view um no doubt that's really it it's black history month we still going strong um thank you for bearing with us we know this is not the easiest thing to go through some of our listeners and viewers but we feel like we need to recognize these ideas and certain people and stuff like that so i I totally agree and it's like i I suppose i want to further interject like historically black people has always voted democrat well not always because you know the party's kind of flip-flop but we'll cover that history on another episode but like currently a lot of african americans cling to the democratic party and quite frankly they haven't really presented a black agenda and as i mentioned democratic candidates republican candidates feel free to take these objects and and, you know discuss them and, and implement them but now i'm speaking to you to the voter don't just blindly cling to a party because of the color of your skin you must ask yourself what's in it for me and if no if the red pill and the blue pill can't appease you by all means vote purple <laughs> upgrade america <laughs> but yo it was really fun this episode was really great chris i enjoyed it man word up so we'll catch y'all on the next episode well before we go let me get another shot of that shirt man oh uh, yeah Throw it in. Uh, now stand up real quick. Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah. It's a little zoomed in. Can you move back a little bit? Hold on. Let me move this back. Hold on. Let me move back a little bit. Ah. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah. I can see it there. All right, peace to a legend, man. Yeah, poor, poet, warrior, all that good stuff. Political activist as well. Yes, he said something. Very uh, multi-dimensional individual. Very great man. But yeah, everybody, yo, thanks for chilling. President's Day is tomorrow. Big shout out to George Washington, our first independent uh, president of the United (laughs) States. I do believe he was an independent. So yeah, that's uh, one thing I liked about him. He had long hair, too. So we got something in common, or two things in common, rather. But yeah, (laughs) enjoy your, your day, your evening, wherever you are in the world, and... Do your best to upgrade America. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.